Team Militia brings you End of Watch, starring Rosalind Kuiper and Boris Herman. Welcome to a new episode of End of Watch. We are back. It's Thursday. We are leg number five of the Ocean Race, day number four, with Boris and Rosie. How are you? Uh, I am eight. Yeah? Oh. <laughs> wow, that's high. I'm a... Uh well, now I'm seven, but I was six and a half today, I have to say. Yeah, I saw you running around with a helmet and sunglasses. <laughs> Safety first, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. We we, um, we sail pretty fast at the moment, like uh, averaging at 30, uh, sorry, 28 knots. So that's like uh, 55 kilometers an hour. And we have news that there are wheels around. So I was like, uh, safety first, no more scars for me. Yeah, 11th hour just hit a whale and um, so one of the sailors on board has a concussion and uh, the other one a dislocated shoulder. Uh, let's not speak about that too much. Uh, that's one of the risks we know on this leg. On our boat we have a whale pinger. That's a little uh, machine that comes from fishing industry in Australia and uh, where they have huge nets installed in the ocean and to have whales uh, stay away from the wet, uh, nets. They put these little battery-driven pingers that make a sound, and we have installed one of these in the keel. Yeah. So on a four and a half meters depth, there's a big, there's a bulb. It's the keel, and uh, in the front of the bulb, we have this wheel pinger. I don't know what sounds it makes. Do you know? Beep 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 beep. Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh. You can hear it when it's very quiet. Oh, like I, I helped installing it, but I never, I never heard the sound myself. Click click beep beep. Yeah, so. But uh, we're pretty lucky so far because we we have not hit anything yet. So let's knock the wood. But but we have hit some things, yeah. but not too big impact, right? Yeah, we have uh, had a few small hits, but we will inspect the bottom of the bow when we are in Aarhus. By the way, I'm looking forward to uh, arrive in Aarhus. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there uh, two years ago with Axel Noble. It was quite, I love the city. It's super, pretty modern. The food is so good. What is Axo Nobel? Is it an art program? <laughs> it sounds like Axo Nobel is, is like a paint company. Um, you were a painter at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back in the days, I used to be a painter, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, Axo Nobel was um, a sponsor of a Volvo 65 boat. Um, yeah, they're not sponsoring anymore. And um, how? what did you like about Aarhus? Uh, the food. Like they have these uh, little food trucks and uh, kind of food festival. So you go there and you buy like one glass and then you can fill your beer or wine. And it's super cozy, friendly. The people, It's quite uh, modern, right? It's funny how you say food because of anything I would never have sought food. I like uh, the kind of urban uh, city life there and... Uh, the, the coffee places, Have you been to uh, yeah, uh, little like lots of things, but the food, I'm not sure. One thing I don't like about restaurants in Aarhus is oh. dogs are not allowed in all of Denmark. <laughs> so the last time I've done been there in holiday, uh, for holiday in 2019, together with Birte, my wife, and our dog, and um, we would always Lily, yeah, hashtag. At Stormy Lily, <laughs> be friends with her. Advertisement section. Uh, yeah, we were we were always trying to find places in the restaurant on at the window, and then tie her on 
outside the window so she could see us. So she was still a little puppy, super small. And nowadays she would not, not care so much and chill if she doesn't see us for an hour. But at the time, she was just outside the window screaming all the time. Oh, that's like, uh, Boris has like, this is super cute dog. What is the, the type of the dog? Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Oh, and it's such a cute little animal called Lily. And sometimes she, she comes on the boat and when we're sailing and then she sits in the back, she's slipping in our in our deck gear bag and it's like super cute. But maybe if people from Aarhus listen to this, Boris, and they have a restaurant, maybe they can allow Lily. That's an amazing idea. Please, big shout out. If you have a nice restaurant, family friendly, because now I have not only a, do a dog, but also a daughter. So if you allow those two in, then I'm your guest, please. <laughs> That sounds like a dream. So I will be your everyday best customer from the morning to the evening. <laughs> so uh, at the moment, uh, we're uh, sailing towards Aarhus. Like we're going sailing? Yeah. Ah, yes, true. We yeah, are on a boat. Sure. I forgot. <laughs> We have all these waves like rolling over the deck, but it's going pretty well at the moment. We're we're doing very fast. Uh, we have the right tune, so we don't we shouldn't touch too much, and uh, that's why we have the time now to do the podcast. It took us a little bit to to do the podcast. The first days were pretty hectic, huh? Oh, it was so tough to get into it each time. You know, I mean, wow, you forget on land what it is all about to be on the boat, and then you come back here and think, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, why? oh my God. What are we doing? Why are we here? Like, even Will said, like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, that must be, that must mean something. I mean, it, it felt so tough. It was not like, it was like seven out of ten tough, I would say. Yeah, like, I think in comparing with the Southern Ocean, if, when we did the leg number three from Cape Town to Brazil, it was 36 days on the water, but you prepare for it and you're like, okay, guys, we're, go we're going to go for long on the water and... You know it's gonna be tough, but now we were like, oh, it's 10 days, we're gonna do this. But from the beginning, it was so bumpy and so brutal and two degrees of temperature outside. And it was just no transition at all. It was just like from nice sunny Newport, bang into like the tough life. It was like a little reminder being thrown like two days into the Indian, Southern Indian Ocean and with all the associated emotions and associations. And now, like since yesterday or this morning, it got warmer. It felt like getting around Cape Horn, yeah. uh, fast forwarding north. And now it's like 10 degrees instead of minus 10. <laughs> yeah. It's such a big difference. And you see it with everyone, like the first days, you just come on watch, you do your thing. And you know, you're ca almost counting down the minutes uh, where you can get back to your bunk. Um, same for Antoine. We haven't seen Antoine so much. And he, he came up this morning. He said like, oh, guys, it's a... Uh, Southern Ocean style, it's so dark, so grey the whole day. If I'm fully honest, this is the first watch where I'm not looking onto the, onto the clock, yeah? And like, how much time have I already managed to survive? <laughs> I have exactly the same. Like my previous off-watch, I said to myself, when I, when I go out of this bunk, the sun is shining, and no matter what, we're gonna make this a nice day. And it happened. So yeah, uh, the boat tells me it's like an eight or nine. I would say it's a nine out of ten. Uh, it is super happy with the condition. Uh, the sea is flat, decently flat, uh, because we are s sailing around a high pressure, so the sea is quite okay. And it's kind of going when it slows down 24 knots, and when it gets a little puff and the wave right, it goes 30 knots. Um, 
So that is really something without touching it, without being stressed yeah. or on, on our nerves. Super balanced. Like um, if you look at the tracker, this mo- I think it was this morning. So there was a, a big fr- front approaching and we tried to be really fast to, to get into the front. And at one point we saw 11th hour doing like 28 knots and then whole sim at the front and we were still not in that front. So we, we got a bit hot. We were like, oh, what if we miss the front? Because then you there's a big split in the fleet and sometimes you cannot sail through a front, right? So then you're stuck. So we were very stressed. Well, I was pretty stressed. I think you were pretty stressed too. Like, oh, are we going to make it? And then as soon as I hit my bunk, two hours later, I felt the boat accelerating. I was like, yes, we are in the front. We are, we have we're in the wind and now we're doing the same speed so that was a big a little bit of a relief right yeah i uh, scared you a little bit with my comments like yeah. it's now or never if we yeah. don't get this then we are like 400 miles behind but that's actually not far from uh, what i really think because uh, if we hadn't gotten this front like imagine we had to stop for 12 hours to do repair something or probably five hours would be enough then uh, we would be now stuck uh, be kind and yeah. and but the funny thing Boris correct me if I'm wrong but this front was traveling quite fast but we managed to um, like overtake. overtake the front right I, I've never really experienced it yeah like exactly yeah coming from behind overtaking a front normally you're set up to be ready for a front to like push you ahead and then the front overtakes you but anyway um, we managed that we are heading north northeast at a very good pace and it's a 1000 and what is it saying 90 miles so at this speed it would be only 36 hours to the north of scotland yeah that's super fast but so that means another say two to three days and then yeah let's see from from like uh the north of scotland to Aarhus, but everything can happen it's such a tricky such a tricky passage yeah but I I smell the home already I feel like Uh, I uh, am looking forward to approaching Norway on the passage of Skagen in the Baltic Sea I mean then we are then it's my home waters I've never been north of Scotland so that's new waters for me Um, but the big difference to like leg three is this is relatively short so I feel much more light-hearted because it feels like a little sprint yeah it is a sprint it's a uh, 10 days of sailing we have another five to go and uh, it's so cool I was zooming out this morning and I saw the world map and I was like whoa we, we sailed so much uh, in the past months we were over 90 days at sea since January it's uh, pretty extreme what we did and um, I, I, I had a bit difficulties again with the transition from land to sea is always a huge difference and um, I don't know especially this leg I felt it I was like whoa just uh, I don't know not really grounded you see what I mean yeah it was interesting different vibe a new part I think we uh, I at least for me I was really kind of well uh, installed in Newport I could have stayed there longer it wasn't quite long enough and then I wasn't ready to leave yeah I had the same Newport was so much fun it was such a good stop uh, I think they they hosted us really well um, I could have stayed there longer too it was only a 10 day stop in the end the, the, sh- the stops are a bit short I find 
You have sailed more. You have spent more time on the water than on land this year, and it is May now. Yeah. Uh, so we should count your time on day uh, on land. Uh, it's not much, and you have sailed twenty nine thousand, probably now by now thirty thousand miles. That's more than the um, than the Earth, the length of the equator. Yeah, that's that's. It's it's funny if you say it like this, and the thing is. I think maybe for all of us we don't realize it yet I think what, what, what we do what we have done and everything what happened every day is very intense it's so different and like all the like all the impulses and um, there's so much coming towards us right and I don't have the time yet to to process it I think yeah and yet right now these days that's when the race is really happening this this leg counts double and uh, we are 70 miles behind the leader but they have now uh, one person a uh, uh, little bit out of the game and hopefully nothing serious but you that reminds you anything can happen from here to the finish um, if we were to finish like this we would be third with uh, three or four, well, yeah, with four points, four or five points difference, no, four point difference to the first. Yeah. Um, that would be not so easy to catch up, but you know, everything can happen. I mean, the, the final finish is in Genoa, and uh, and that's a long way still. I, I'm quite happy how we hang on. We did a little mistake, I think, jibing a bit, like a few hours late towards this front. But apart from that, we sailed a pretty good race so far. I agree with that and um, I was quite happy with the, the start the, the import in Newport was uh, super nice it was the first time that we sailed in this crew configuration um, like we have sailed with Boris and, and with Jan but never like with the four of us together and uh, I was quite happy with the, the start the, the import in Newport was uh, super nice it was the first time that we sailed in this crew configuration um, like we have sailed with Boris and, and with Jan but never like with the four of us together and um, I don't know, it was a pretty light wind and uh, I was very proud of everyone and uh, that the boat is doing well in these light conditions. Everyone is always a bit complaining, oh, the boat isn't fast in light conditions, but I think that's, uh, that's not true. We have, a, we have a nice boat, a fast boat and uh, so much space to, to work together in, in this cockpit. It was an absolute perfect start into this leg. Uh, zooming out, um, I mean, rem uh, getting out of the Newport Bay with... Uh, the evening light and into into nice breeze and then like you open the throttle and the boat just starts foiling and we extend away from the next boat and just see them behind us at the horizon that was pretty amazing yeah beautiful scenery in Newport and um, so nice that like everywhere where we have been so far everyone is so involved in the race and they follow it and um, yeah, just to, to enter Newport by boat and to leave again all these boats on the water and they're cheering and uh, secretly s some uh, Americans said, but uh, we are cheering for you guys. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite American friends, uh, I mean fans, uh, was always saying, ah, don't tell anyone, but we were cheering for Malizia. Of course, officially we're for 11th hour, but we cheer for you. Yeah, that, that was super nice. And so many people who visit the village and uh, it gives you so much energy it's uh, boosting I think if even we are a little bit tired uh, after such a long marathon if you have all these people on the dock cheering and just uh, it's uh, giving you so much energy it's uh, very very nice 
So, um, any plans in uh, Aarhus? Um, yeah, I I'm super keen to find a swimming pool. The funny thing is, I think about it every day that I'm like, oh, I wish to, you know, find a nice swimming pool and maybe have a sauna or something. Oh, that's good. I would, I would love that too. Yeah. We should do it with a team to decompress. Yeah, a water park. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I would love to go to the water park. I think that's one of my, my most favorite things to do. <laughs> Coming back to the race, also the... Uh, The second team hold team, they have some issues with their electronics, or head at least. They were repairing their wind vane, climbing the mast. Um, so they didn't have so much time to install their mast. Pretty well done, by the way, for them. Uh, we also have one problem that we don't speak about yet publicly, um, <coughs> but we will, uh, we will explain that a little bit later. It always, uh, it always gets you. Uh, the sailing is such a mechanical sport, and all these little failures, the little things, they can be, uh, they can become quite race-changing issues. And uh, who knows at the end? But this might also decide this leg uh, here. What we have here. It's um, we're only with four sailors and one onboard reporter on the boat, but we have like a big technical support team on the shore and for us it's a race at sea and for them it's a race on land to make sure that everything is well prepared from the mast to the electronics to like everything what you can imagine and you know if someone makes one mistake and it's always possible then you, you really see it s somewhere you will find out and it, it can cost you it can cost you the, the race the legs for sure and saying that like Holsim uh, they're in the first place now in the previous leg they lost their mast right and the same for Guo so two boats were dismasted and it was a pretty pretty big issue uh, but well done on them uh, their boat got uh, into Newport only two days before the start so they had only 48 hours to take their boat off the cargo ship place the new mast and getting ready so uh, I think they did a really really good job it's good to see them back in the race now Yeah, and then we hope that Guyo also joins back the race. Guyo Team Europe uh, with the uh, German fellow Robert Sterniak and uh, skipper Benjamin Dutroux. Um, they have a really, uh, especially Benjamin, a really strong attitude around their technical problem at the moment. The boat is arriving in a few days in uh, Kiel, boatyard, to be repaired and then uh, going on to Aarhus. Um, they are not... 100% uh, sure that they will manage all this. They also need some more financial support, I understood. So if anyone is out there trying to get involved uh, more in the sport uh, commercially, that is an amazing uh, opportunity, I find. Uh, there's um, up for sale the naming right of the Kiel Turning, turning Mark. Uh, yeah, and helping this team, enabling this team to come back into the race and naming the, the turning mark in Kiel uh, with some naming rights there. Yeah. That is uh, a pretty, pretty interesting uh, commercial opportunity, I would say, but... Um, no, I agree. If you see the exposure from the ocean race, and um, like there are only five boats in the race now, but I think the race has so much value, and I'm pretty sure the next edition will be way more Imokas. Um, it's such a good test, like such a good opportunity for every team to test the boat. If I see all or what we learned so far and all the failures and the things we had to fix, 
imagine Boris, you have you had to do this by yourself before the Van der Globe. It would be a major thing. So I, I think it was a good thing, no, for you. Yeah, yeah, that that absolutely. It was always a plan, also like this. Yeah, I think it was a super good plan. It is a plan. We're still in it. Speaking about um, wind and technical stuff. Um, one subject I really like is the wind propulsion for cargo vessels and uh, we did a conference in um, Newport where we had uh, people on stage and we were speaking about uh, wind propulsion as a possible uh, pathway and uh, shipping decarbonization. We will have again a conference in uh, Aarhus, there will be the uh, Ocean Race Summit uh, with this subject, with this particular subject coming up again. Is it uh, public? Can everyone attend? I think it will be live streamed and uh, I'm pretty sure if someone is eager to get in, you find your way. So it's not fully public, I think, but uh, most likely you manage to to get in if you're really keen um, to get a seat uh, in the audience. Yeah, and otherwise just send an email to Boris Herman Racing. <laughs> yeah, we get you in if you really want to come. Yeah, that's a nice one. I think uh, it was a good start, Boris. It took us a little bit to get back into the podcast rhythm, but uh, I'm pretty confident now. It, it, it's good. It lifts up our mood, and we zoom out a little bit of what we're doing. Yeah, uh, it, it, it reminds you the day is like 24 hours and not four hours, yeah. because with a four-hour watch rhythm, I really, yeah, I forget the feeling about which day am I in. Like every day has three days. <laughs> every day has three days meals and um, yeah it's true it, it it's a little bit weird but we don't have to forget Boris uh, I think it's uh, in um, nine watches your birthday oh yeah 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 my birthday yeah, um, yeah you can uh, you can uh, sing a song or something yeah well we, we, we have some plans for you don't you worry <laughs> okay yeah, I like singing songs as well so let's do that um, The best thing for my birthday would be to be in front. So, um, can you work on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. We keep on pushing, and hopefully, you, we can give you a birthday present. Okay. On Sunday, right? Uh, the 28th. I'm not sure if that's Sunday or Monday. I think it's Sunday. Yeah. I think Sunday too. Yeah. Yeah, Monday we may arrive, huh? Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. What? Uh, your best guess for arrival? Our technical director and the team, Pifu, he told the team I just read in a message. Yeah. So be all ready for Monday afternoon. Yeah, I saw that too. My best guess would be Tuesday morning. Well, uh, you don't uh, you don't trust our, our big boss at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's like it's pretty quick, quick. Yeah, well, if he, if he says Monday, then it's Monday for me. <laughs> okay, let, let's go for Monday. And then, uh, yeah, no. Uh, anyway, Monday or Tuesday, it's all very short. Uh, today is a Wednesday. Thursday, uh, Thursday already. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days. Four We can have a nice dinner, after dinner, after birthday dinner. We haven't looked lots at the weather yet in the North Sea, after Scotland, but we're going to probably start looking soon. And lots of depends on that. If we have a big high pressure drifting around, um, yeah, it will be interesting. I'm looking forward to some coastal navigation. And uh, the import race and Newport showed again, we are good inshore sailors. Yeah. And uh, we tried to turn that into our favor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to go back to Europe, see everyone there, and uh, and soon The Hague. I can't wait. Yeah, how do you compare Denmark to Holland? Just a quick side note here. Um, I think it's kind of similar. Like, um, everyone looks a bit similar. 
blonde hairs, tall people, and yeah, I think the culture is quite similar. What do, what do you think? Yeah, let's uh, let's come back to that um, tomorrow, and also we find out uh, when we actually get there. Yeah. Um, I think Denmark is much smaller in terms of popula population, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it, it seems to be a, a well organized country. They have lots of renewable energy. And <laughs> Are you saying that the Netherlands is not well organized country? Boy? Well, I think it's easier with when you have only four or five million people. I don't yeah. know exactly. You know, it's basically like as many people as like in Berlin or Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. We have like uh, 18 or 19 million yeah. in the Netherlands. So, no, it's, uh, forward, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that Aarhus. I, I went there for holiday once and yeah, keen to get back to Aarhus. Alrighty, we continue the sailing. Well, it's almost my, the end of my watch. You need another two hours, but uh, yeah, that was good. Nice chat. Okay, uh, last uh, question goes, like always, to you guys. Uh, how do you feel zero to ten? Yes. Think about it. How do you feel today? Maybe you're in the car, maybe you're on the bike, maybe you do grocery shopping or you go for a run. How do you feel today? What was the uh, introductions we always gave from the south? Was like smile and, uh, yeah. and so. we always said smile and uh, eat candy, but then we we got told off because ah, yeah. we should not uh, promote to eat candy or chocolate. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, keep listening to the podcast. Thanks for your time, yeah. and uh, yeah, we will be back there soon. Probably uh, most likely tomorrow. Okay, cheers, guys. Ciao, bye, bye.